Well, it's hard to believe we are here at another episode of Fostering Change. You know, I've been thinking a lot about this podcast for the last three seasons. And, you know, I've had so many people reach out. We've had so many amazing, amazing guests um, of so many people who have, by the way, educated me. And I think and I hope educated each and every one of you. But the one thing that I have absolutely loved this third season is the number of authors that have come onto our show. You know, authors who have not only written books, maybe their memoirs, but, you know, those that have written books that are helping kids, but also helping kids with something that I don't think that we discuss enough, and that is our feelings. You know, um, so many times I think my generation, and I remind everybody, you know, at 55, um, you know, um, we were told is, you know, boys, we didn't cry. And, you know, you keep that feeling inside of you. But I think that that is such a myth. I think that it is important that we teach children um, the proper way of how to feel and how to show feelings and how to express themselves. You know, my next two guests, I am so, so excited. And I'm excited for a couple of reasons. Number one, yes, they did write a couple of books about feelings and they're for kids, but they've even gone beyond the call of that. They've actually donated books to comfort cases to make sure that children who are entering foster care actually receive these books. So without any further introduction, I am going to introduce you to Kelly and Callie, who are the authors of these amazing books called Slumberkins. Ladies, welcome to Fostering Change. Thank you so much for having us. Thanks. Okay, so I want to get right to it, and I'm going to get to the book because I've read them, and I absolutely love them, and I love the fact that, you know, the books that we've put in our cases, by the way, um, I have actually had my team reaching out to social workers because I want to know, you know, what what is it feeling? What is the kids are going to be saying anything? But what I've never heard of an Ibex. What is an Ibex? <laughs> They are mountain goats. <laughs> They're the ones that have the big really horns. big horns. So this is our thing. We liked to pick animals that were a little bit more obscure, maybe didn't get as much spotlight as, you know, the cow or a lion. Or a regular goat. <laughs> or a regular goat, even. <laughs> uh, so we picked Ibex. And it's a baby Ibex, so it hasn't grown its horns yet. I absolutely love it. Okay, now, I know I could have Googled it. I didn't want to. I wanted to have this podcast. I wanted you to tell me what an Ibex was. And I actually asked my my team, you know, anybody ever heard of an Ibex? Never heard of it. Never. Heard of it. By the way, I love National Geographic. I, you know, I used to love it when it used to come to the house and, you know, yell at that. It's so amazing. Listen, this is something that I have never done before. And I actually want to do it. This particular book is called Fox. Okay, everybody, if you can see here, those who are watching, by the way, listen, never heard me read a book before, but it is a book that is short enough that I want to read it. And the reason I want to read it is because I want to talk about this one. And this one really touched me um, in such a way. And again, the book is called Fox. And here it goes. In the woods amongst the leaves lived a little fox, sly as could be. He lived with his family and each knew their role until something happened that he couldn't control. A big thing happened that made everything change and things as he knew them would not be the same. His parents and sisters started acting quite different. He couldn't believe change could feel so instant. 
Before the big change, he knew what to do, but now life was different and he had no clue. His feelings felt like a big jumbled mess. He felt angry, confused, and then tight in his chest. He started to fidget and yelp out in class. He stopped listening to his teacher and he hid in the grass. So this wasn't the fox that everyone knew. Now his teacher and friends were feeling confused. There were too many mixed up feelings inside. The big change had things and he wanted to cry. Sometimes change happens and we have no control when things are so different with family or school. When the things happen that are out of your control, talk to the ones that make you feel whole. If you can't find the words, draw what you're thinking. It can help those around you to know how you're feeling. One thing you know that is, is that families, they change. Nothing, not even families, stays exactly the same. But what makes families special and keeps them together is the strong love that binds their hearts forever. If you feel that love, and I know that you do, name a person you know loves you, Grayson. When big changes happen, and you can bet that it will, confront yourself with those words that can heal. Repeat after me these things that are true. Let's make a little fox feel better, and maybe you too. I am safe. I am loved. I can get through this part. It's not my fault that things change and I can keep an open heart. Wow. I absolutely, absolutely love this book, okay? And in that part where, um, you know, I happen to say the word Grayson, Grayson is my son, one of my five children, and he is my 15-year-old son who is going through some changes right now, um, figuring out, you know, um, some paths that he needed to make in life and how things have been changing. And, and, and when I read Fox for the first time, it truly did make me think about him. So, so my question to start right off is, how did you think about that? Oh boy, this is where, you know, being educators and moms, all of the stories that we create are so deeply personal. I got emotional with you reading that. Like, um, I'll have to have Kelly tell the story. Now, now you're crying. And like, personally, I went through a divorce a couple years ago. I used that book with my own kids because I just needed the script. So, okay. Yeah. Kelly wrote it though for one of my kids. Yeah. So, I mean, this was the, one of the, the most helpful collections, the Fox collection and this story for parents and people going through big changes, especially because um, a lot of times for kids, um, you know, having behaviors, having big feelings, acting out is what you see, um, but what's going on inside is a lot of overwhelming and difficult feelings, which, you know, through big changes, the adults are having too. So this book really becomes a script to help you walk through it, acknowledge that changes are happening, let a child know that they're safe and they're loved and that any change that is happening isn't their fault because kids will, especially young kids, because that's just how their mind is at that time, their brain is developing, they're egocentric in thinking that the world revolves around them because they don't understand other perspectives yet. So they'll a lot of times um, kids take on their responsibility, like a change, like a divorce or 
a move or you know any change that somehow they had something to do with it so it's really important to say it's not your fault and that you're no i i agree 100 percent with you you know what what i'd like to know is what is both of your backgrounds i mean so you know it's one thing i mean i know your mom you know and by the way um i have a stay-at-home husband hardest job in the world um but what are your backgrounds when it comes to this yeah, I'm a former special education teacher that worked in a day treatment school environment most of my career. So uh, it was kind of the most restrictive environment in a public school setting before a child might be placed in a residential facility for um, mental or behavioral like safety concerns um, for them or their families. You know, Kelly, I have to ask you because of, you know, the fact that, you know, we are a foster care based organization and our podcast is called Fostering Change. We see so many children so many children in foster care who are placed in those type of settings and they're placed in those type of settings um not all the time because it's something that they they truly need but to me they're the fox yeah a hundred percent i mean i had lots of students on my caseload that were in foster care and that were experiencing big difficult emotions that were out of their control and they needed a safe space where actually the therapeutic side of that child was more important than the academic side for that period in time and our goal was to support that and then reintegrate them into uh the general ed setting yeah, yeah, they, they, it just, like I said, it just, it's, it was the fox all the way around as I was thinking, as I was thinking of what my son's going through, as of other kids who are in foster care. So Kelly, what is your background besides yeah. being an amazing writer? <laughs> I um, am a marriage and family therapist and school counselor. So dual, dual master's degree. So I, um, I always was really interested in working um in systems and in whether that was like family therapy. And then I sort of got out of that and entered into the schools. Um, so doing work within communities and with a systemic view was really important to me. Um, and I just happened to love, yeah, rhyming, <laughs> writing. I can't write anything without rhyming. I don't know why. <laughs> I absolutely love it. I absolutely love it. So tell me exactly how many of books are actually in this series? Oh my goodness. We have like 35 books now, minimum. Um, We have some seasonal ones that come in and out, but baseline, we typically have about 35 available on the website. So each character in the Slumberkins universe is kind of an archetype that represents these different pillars of either supportive emotional wellness for certain situations or like proactive. So if you think about a child Every parent wants their child to know how to practice gratitude, maybe practice mindfulness, be authentic and true to themselves. So we have characters that support those things. And then we have things like Fox for change and transitions. And then we have a collection around grief and loss and then a collection around coping with anxiety. So we kind of have both sides of the spectrum. You know, I absolutely love it. I love the fact that, you know, a child who's able to have a book read to them or, you know, I think there are ages that children could actually read this book themselves, that they actually can relate, you know, so many times, you know, and again, I'm going back to the Fox because I just read that story again and probably I've read it 30 times that I, you know, it's, it's going back to knowing that that child feels that there is something or someone that is feeling the way they're feeling and whether it's a fox or it's a human or however we want to put it into words it's it's just showing that that person's not sitting at that table alone 
you know, and that's so important. Listen, everyone, we're going to take a quick break. Um, Slumberkins.com, okay? I'm telling you, I talk quite often about amazing books. Um, I talk about some great authors, but, you know, each and every one of us should understand that not every child fits in a box. Not every child fits in a box. And so many times we need to do things to invest in our child. And to me, it's starting to get these books because I don't think it's not only going to help the child, but it's also going to help you. We'll be right back. This episode of Fostering Change is sponsored by Comfort Cases, a national nonprofit that inspires our communities to bring hope and dignity to our youth that are in foster care. For just $10 a month, you can support the Comfort Case mission and help us eliminate trash bags for kids who are entering foster care. For every $10 that you give, Comfort Cases will give a Comfort XL to a child entering the system. Be part of the change. Visit comfortcases.org. Well, you know, I always say there's a first at Fostering Change, and today was the first. Um, I actually read a children's book um, just on the first part, and you know what? It actually kind of choked me up a little bit, too, thinking of, you know, my children and, you know, the emotions they're going through. I mean, just imagine, you know, just set yourself as a child who um, has gone through something, you know, something as, you know, you have been put in foster care. Um, the fact that you have had to move away from all your friends. And sometimes I think that we see kids acting out in a certain way and we immediately label those children as bad. And I want to remind all of our listeners and our viewers on our YouTube channel, there is no such thing as a bad child. Okay. It's only a child that needs to be redirected to be redirected. So ladies, as we were on our break, we were talking about the connection between these books, emotions and therapists, you know, which by the way, I didn't even think about that. As when you said that, and I was gonna continue to talk during the break, but I was like, I wanted to talk to, because I wanted our listeners to hear this because I do believe that education is so important for our listeners to be educated. These books should be in therapist offices. I mean, what an absolute, I mean, it was like this aha moment of these books should be, you know, how do you feel today? Do you feel like the fox? You know, do you feel like the Ibex? I mean, what, what do you ladies think about that? We actually know a lot of therapists that do use them. And I would say also easily recommend them for the families to take and practice those skills outside of a therapy session. It reinforces everything that a therapist would do in a session. Yeah. Yeah. So it's so powerful. I think this is a piece that we miss so often in wanting kids behavior to be better or things to be better, like labeling things good and bad. Like you were saying before, there are no bad kids you know, the most powerful thing that you can do is recognize somebody else's internal experience, right? That's like, feels so good. That's what we're all looking for. And we forget that kids need that too. And so these books really help facilitate that connection between the reader and the child so that they feel seen, they feel heard, and they, they feel that connection. And you solidify it with this affirmation that you do back and forth. Um, at the end, which 
helps deepen the bond together and lets them know you're with them through it. They're never alone and they can handle these feelings, whatever feelings they are. They could be positive. They could be scary. They could be sad, but you're going to be there with them. So it helps parents and or caregivers and children connect. Yeah, I think um, the most important thing is for kids to understand that they're loved unconditionally. Totally. And I think that if you're a parent, as you know, the three of us are, it's so hard for me sometimes when I see that kids are forgotten. And it's like, you know, and, and by the way, I mean, not all of our kids and, and you know, I have five, um, they all they don't always make the right choices that I think that they should make. But that doesn't mean I do not love them. You know, one of the things that I say quite often to to young kids who enter our center to pack cases and parents is that empathy is something that we are not born with. It is not in our DNA. Okay. So, so many feelings that we have, we are actually born with those feelings they've, they've proven, but empathy is not one of them. I want to know, I know you got to have a book out there. You have to have a book out there about empathy. Well, <laughs> I would say all the books for Slumberkins help build empathy. So I think in the future, yeah, we would love to like break it down more for people. But really what we wanted to do was first and foremost, give parents and kids the tools to build that conscious awareness of empathy and how you can relate to yourself so that you can relate to others and understand who you are and who you want to be as you're growing up. So I think the tools within the Slumberkins collection, each book sort of like come together to form what we call empathy. Yeah, no, I totally agree with that part of it. Kaylee, you're a mom of, um, how old are your kids? I have a 10-year-old, 7-year-old, and 5-year-old. Wow, you're busy too. Um, so, you know, you've read the kid, the books to the kids as they were growing up. And... Oh, yeah. They've grown up with it. You know, it's funny because they kind of ebb and, ebb and flow out in like loving Slumberkins and then just kind of forgetting it for a while and coming back to it. But I would say it's their favorite routine to do and their favorite books to include in their nighttime bedtime routine with me. Just because they know, you know, people will ask us like, how are kids so obsessed with slumberkins? I don't understand. You guys put like magic fairy dust in the <laughs> plush or whatever. And it's honestly, I always say it's actually not about the plush at all. It's about that character yeah. representing that connected time between parent and child that in today's anxious and disconnected world where we're all in, on our phones and screens so much, we're all still craving those moments of connection. And so Really, these books bring us back together, even for five minutes. You know, anyone can read a book to their child for five minutes. And it's really that, like, that love that they're feeling in that moment is why they love that character so much. Yeah, I can totally see that. And the other thing that I, you know, I got out of your collection is, um, you know, in, in today's society, we talk so much about the bullies. And by the way, I mean, let's just be real about this. And by, I know my listeners and my viewers, they love to send me emails when they don't disagree with me. And it's okay not to, to agree with me. But the fact is, is that bullies do exist and they do exist on the playground. And I think that as a parent, it is our responsibility to teach our children that all kids are different. Okay. And that is something else that I got out of these books is that I thought, wow, you know, maybe this book could be read to someone. Maybe this child isn't having this issue, but this child needs to understand why is Tommy acting like that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. 
We actually have in our Hammerhead collection, it's a collection that is built around conflict resolution. And the newer book in that collection is called Hammerhead Mads Not Bad. And it's really, the book is a tool that gives a script to someone that reacts out of anger that could be looked at as the bully, the one with the big emotional reaction, gives them the script actually for repair and apologizing and making it right. And I think because both of us in this world of schools worked with the kids that would be labeled the bully, you know, (laughs) the ones that had the issues. And once you get below that layer of behavior and you understand what's going on in the emotional realm and relate to them and let them feel seen, you know, the behavior starts to subside a little bit because it's kind of been resolved. That's the path to healing. That's the path to connection, right? No one being ousted or pushed away or put out of the group. It's that's not working towards healing for that person either. You can't push people away and expect them to get better. We all need to be in connection. And if something's going wrong with behavior, there's something under that. So how can we support both sides being curious and not just quickly labeling somebody as bad or mean, right? Like what's going on underneath the surface there and give other people that respect. And hopefully you get it back when you're not having a good day and you lose your mind um, in traffic and scream at something. <laughs> no, I, I agree hundred percent with you on that. And, you know, again, as I say this quite often, you know, um, one, being a teacher is one of the hardest jobs, like being a stay-at-home parent, but I really do think that we need to be giving teachers more tools like this that really can help the children who, by the way, as I said, and before we took our break, not every child fits in a box. Yeah. You know, when my, one of my middle sons was going to elementary school, it was first year kindergarten. My son suffers from fetal alcohol syndrome. He has um, sensory disorder. He um, has, you know, lots and lots of letters behind, you know, his diagnosis. And the elementary school that we went to had never had a child like that before. You know, they'd never had a kid with an IEP. So they didn't know how to deal with this kid because he didn't fit in the box, you know? And all of a sudden I'm thinking, and now, you know, my sweet boy is, you know, he goes to a private school, they get it, they get understand it. But gosh, I was like, I'm telling you something, by the way, I'm going to slumberkins.com. I'm purchasing some of these books to donate to Darnstown Elementary School where my oh. family <laughs> No, one of the things is, is that you guys actually reached out to us. And, you know, Comfort Cases, as you know, we really want to give hope and dignity to our youth that are entering our foster care system. Um, we always need to know that kids enter the system because of a choice that someone else made. And I'd like to know what the connection connection was when it came to foster care? Oh, well, we both have a personal connection to foster care. You know, my parents were foster parents when I was about 13, where we took in two little girls that were sisters. They were two and three, and they were with us for a year. So three and four when they left. And so I was on the family side of loving having siblings. I was an only child. So I loved having two little sisters. And then the time came where they went back with their parents and their parents chose to not have a relationship with our family, just wanting to start new. And I remember that was really, really painful and hard for them, us, my, my mom, like she took it very hard, but I experienced it on the family side of the foster care system. Yeah. You know, Kaylee, I will tell you, um, I'm a, I'm a, a big, big component of a believer that you are doing too much 
trauma to that child by making that split so like you're done you know it's like okay you've lived with I've lived with these people for a year they have tucked me into bed they have bathed me they have you know read me maybe even read me the future slumberkin books but and then all of a sudden because a judge makes a decision and by the way I love I'm all about reunification you know but I believe reunification must be healthy and healthy means that you do not take another person out of a child's life who has loved them. And as long as your parents were, you know, respectful to the birth parents and allowed the birth, it's the child, the two girls who at the end of the day got hurt. But you know what? I hope you, you tell your parents that I say thank you. Um, take it from a kid who was in the system. Um, you know, thank you. Kelly, what is your attachment to foster care? Yeah, actually, my father was a foster um, kid, uh, and actually not until he was 16. So he actually had a very difficult upbringing and life. And when he was 16, he's, he talked to somebody about the abuse that he was suffering in his home, and he was removed. I, I think he was going down a pretty bad track at that point um, because of all the things that he had experienced. And a family took him in, a couple who actually were on the list for an infant <laughs> and ended up taking my dad, who was 16 and sort of a rebel person <laughs> at the time. And it changed the whole trajectory of his life. And I think about his family of origin and the kind of trauma and difficulty. I mean, two of his siblings died by suicide um, and another one is in prison. And because of the experience that he had with um, his foster parents, I think that's why I'm able to be in the place that I am now with him as my father, because he was able to show up in a different way for me because they showed him what love was and how to be a person that could you know, support others. So it really impacted my life and mostly his life, but through him has impacted. Yeah, because I will tell you, I mean, the statistics, you know, we know it, teenage pregnancy, suicide, drug addiction, all of those things when it comes to youth, and especially the older youth, you know, my husband and I in 2019 had our fifth child, and he arrived at the age of 18. And people were like, are you crazy? And we were like, what? He deserves a foundation, a love. And, you know, my son is now 21 years old and just finished his sophomore year in college. Um, and so um, for those that, that take the older kids and, and really show them love, it shows them what, like your dad was showing Kelly, that, you know, life is in, when it comes to life with children in foster care, it's three choices. Number one, you give up. Number two, you give in commit a crime, you end up, or number three, you give it all you got. And it sounds like that's exactly what your dad did. Listen, ladies, this has been an amazing podcast. I am so, so excited to partner up with both of you. I'm excited that these amazing books will be going into our comfort cases. Again, do me a big favor, everyone. Slumberkins.com. Okay. Do me a favor. Buy the book. Buy the book for yourself buy the book for your teachers, buy the book for your therapist, but buy the book for comfort cases. You know, why not? Go on their website, buy this book and send it to us, you know, and we will actually, if you send it to me, I will actually put a note in there personally 
that you did that donation, okay? So we all have an opportunity to be the change that children need, and that is to know that they are loved. Ladies, thank you so much. Thank you for everything that you do and for being good humans. And for all of our listeners and viewers, until next time, this has been Fostering Change. Keep leading by example. Thank you. Thank you for having us. I want to say thank you to each and every one of you for listening or watching the latest episode of Fostering Change. All of us on our team hope that you've learned something new today and have been inspired to be a good human. Now, just a reminder that you can always find Fostering Change on your favorite channels on Google, Spotify, iTunes, YouTube, and others including, of course, comfortcases.org. I want to give a big thank you to all of you for joining us each and every week. And a reminder that if you have a suggestion for a guest, or maybe you might have a question about today's podcast, or are interested in becoming a sponsor of Fostering Change, please don't hesitate to email me personally at fosteringchange at comfortcases.org. Now, that's it for now. Thanks again, and we'll see you next Tuesday. Take care.